Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks trending lower this morning. Investors putting aside another record close on Wall Street to focus perhaps on local issues like the latest inflation figures released this morning in Sydney. Australia's consumer price index rose 0.8% in September. Australian stocks this morning are flat. That's better though. Then in Tokyo and Seoul, where the major indices are in the red. Seoul is off half a percent. Tokyo is down more than one third of a percent. Joining me now as we break down all the market action and take a closer look at corporate earnings. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. This week is like the World Cup of Earnings, the biggest, the most powerful companies in the world. They're opening their books to report profits. And one of the major storylines that analysts and investors are following is whether Apple's new iPhone privacy rules, which make it more difficult for apps to track users like you and I across the internet, whether this is impacting ad revenues and in turn the profits of social media and tech giants. Now, on Friday, we saw the answer to this question was a resounding yes when Snap reported lower than expected numbers. Yesterday, the picture became a bit more murky when Facebook said its profits jumped but top-line revenue slowed. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg blamed Apple's new rules for its revenue challenges. So, Ryan, this morning, we have results from Twitter and Google's parent company, Alphabet. What do they show? And is Apple's rule that requires users to opt in before they can be tracked affecting the business of Twitter and Google or not? Well, if you look at the numbers, the answer would be no. Well, it's not as much. Mm -hmm. So Twitter and Alphabet pretty much spared from the brunt of the Apple privacy changes. And that saw in the earnings reports, both their top and bottom lines still doing quite okay. And in terms of reaction from investors... Twitter stock price was up 4% in extended trading. And we are looking at, for example, ad revenue for Twitter rising more than 41% to $1.14 billion and total ad engagements increasing 6% from a year earlier. And if you look at what's happening with Alphabet, uh, the Google or YouTube parent, that is also being reflected in terms of higher ad sales. And that is um, interesting because we were expecting a bit of a similar picture with Snap. And in turn, investors really took it down by 26% for its stock price. But you are looking at quite a resilient um, reaction from um, Alphabet's latest earnings. And Alphabet, uh, already YouTube's earnings, advertising overall for Google was up uh, 43% to $53.13 billion. And YouTube ad sales was up to $7.2 billion from $5.04 billion. So ad sales for both mm. sides are still going up. Twitter grossed more than one and a quarter billion US dollars in the third quarter of the year. That is 37% higher than a year earlier, but still reporting a loss for the quarter. Why is that, Ryan? Yeah, good question, right? It seems mm. like it's um, rosy on the front of the, the report card, at least. And if you look at what's happening with the details, they are putting a one-time litigation-related net charge of $766 million in that uh, latest quarter. So all this part of a $810 million settlement that the company announced back in September for allegedly misleading investors about user growth. So that is a one-off charge. And with that charge, Twitter reports a net loss of $537 million compared to a profit a year ago of $29 million. So 
a one-off charge really dragged down the numbers this time. Investors appear to be happy that this loss, though, is in the past. Twitter's revenue on the rise. Twitter shares up about 4% in after-hours trade. Okay, I want to look at Alphabet right now. The tech giant owns the world's dominant search engine, Google, the biggest mobile operating system, Android, as well as YouTube. So Alphabet grows 63 billion US dollars during the third quarter. Retail ads, by far the biggest contributor to the company's growth, according to its chief business officer, Philip Schindler. Ryan, what else jumps out at you when you look at Alphabet's numbers? Yeah, the ad sales really came through quite strongly. So a beneficiary of the wider economy just recovering. So businesses just pouring more money into ads, especially digital ads. And it's worth noting, its sales growth was its highest in more than a decade and its profit nearly doubled in the third quarter. So it's coming through quite strongly. And we talked about the Apple privacy changes. Google is a bit more insulated because it owns the Android operating system. So it does have that um, layer of insulation. Um, looking at search, that was one of the big drivers um, with the pickup in travel-related searches. And we saw the search business rising 44%. And cloud, one of the evergreen growth engines for Google, uh, that saw its sales up 45%. So you are looking at a couple of growth drivers for the latest quarter um, for Alphabet. Next up this morning on the big tech watch list, Microsoft. Now, for this story, we're going to move away from ad revenue and look at other parts of the tech world. Cloud computing, for example, next generation Windows operating system. So we see Microsoft's profits jumping nearly 925% in the last quarter. Tell us what's driving its growth. Yeah, so you've got a couple of things here. Um, Cloud also doing well. So that jumped by almost $4 billion from a year ago. And overall revenue for... Um, Microsoft was up to 45.3 billion from 37.15 billion. Also doing well, or at least not as bad as what people are looking out for. Mm-hmm. The PC shipments did not slow down as much as what people were fearing. So that was a surprise on the upside. And if you look at what's happening on um, the rest of the business, it did get a bit of a bump from a one-time income tax benefit. And this is related to related to the transfer of intangible uh, products. So that helped its profit up to 271 a share from 182 a share a year ago. And if you take that out, it still beats estimates quite a bit. So that would be at 227 a share. So you are looking at um, rather strong profits and sales mm. and also a rather decent forecast for the holiday season where mm. they are expecting strong PC and Xbox sales for the holiday season. Microsoft shares up 2% in after-hours trade. Next up this morning, I want to turn to China Evergrande. The property giant's debt woes have been a major overhang on markets as of late. Though this past weekend, the company was able to make that $83 billion US dollar payment to bondholders. Today, that story has a new twist. So Chinese authorities are telling the company's founder, Hui Kaiyan, to use his personal wealth to pay off Evergrande's debts. So for starters, Evergrande's debts, Ryan, estimated to be in the neighbourhood of 300 billion US dollars. How much money does Hui have? And could he really make a dent in this by reaching into his pocket? That is a tough question. You never know these guys, these rich people, how much money they have in their secret piggy banks and whatnot, right? (laughs) But from what we can tell from public figures, uh, he seems to have 
pocketed over $8 billion over the past decade thanks to Evergrande's dividends and payouts. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be part of his fortune. Um, But it's worth noting his fortunes have, of course, dipped quite a bit. So from 2017, that was pretty much his peak. That was at $42 billion for his net worth. And guess what? It's plunged to $7.8 billion right now. So a lot of it, of course, tied to the stock price. And he is also holding on to a couple of properties. Um, Some reports indicate that he has a $100 million mansion in Hong Kong. So he's also got a boat called the Event, a mega yacht, in fact. So... I'm not sure what else he has, but he seems to be doing quite okay. Yeah, that mansion could make quite a dent in the debt. Or who he has pocketed dividends of about, as you say, eight billion US dollars from Evergrande over the past decade. Saw that in Bloomberg too. So, what do you make of this story? It's pretty unprecedented, right, to hold an individual responsible for a company's debts. But at the same time, this would fit the narrative of how Beijing is really cracking down on not only big companies but its wealthiest citizens. So, what do you think? Yeah, it's not. A great time to be rich in China these days. Uh, you've got a crackdown coming for you as well. Uh, we've seen that happening with Jack Ma, uh, other billionaires as well, and tycoons. So they seem to be, you know, saying, "Hey, we gave you the opportunity to make so much money, you know, and you need to give back, or at least not." create a bigger mess than you are already creating. So that seems to be the message coming through from China, where they want uh, Hui Kaiyan to pay up what his company owns. And maybe he might, maybe he won't, we'll see. And this will be um, something we will see come Friday when the next bond payment is due. And of course, it's just one of many bonds that's going to be due. And of course, you've got the projects that are still outstanding in terms of construction. So you've got 1.6 million people still waiting for their apartments. So we'll see how much more money he has to pump back into the company. We'll see more crazy rich billionaires are asked to cough up to pay off debt. We have more corporate news in a moment, but I want to turn first to a macro issue. Now, we've been talking this week about prices, whether inflation is poised to go into overdrive, as Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey suggests, or if they actually are set to fall, which is the argument being made by high-profile fund manager Kathy Wood. Today, we have another high-profile business person wading into the debate, and that debate is being played out on Twitter, which, as Dave Chappelle says, does not exist. I like that. Elon Musk has replied to the inflation debate thread. Ryan, what does Musk have to say and how has Woods responded? Yeah, it's pretty much the same story she's preaching, right? So let's bring you through what Elon Musk tweeted. So in short, uh, he is giving a bit of a vague statement. So he says, I don't know about long term, but short term, we are seeing strong inflationary pressure. So, of course, um, you've heard that from many people and you've seen that in the streets as well. Prices just going up. The big question, of course, has been how long it's going to be or whether it's going to stick around. So, he didn't really commit to one um, stance, but he did share his observations. So, Kathy kind of wrote on that tweet to reply to that threat uh, and to say that the recent price pressures will be overcome by deflation. And we talked about this in recent days, how Kathy Wood's Got, his, got her eye on upcoming trends that will just put pressure on prices in terms of how maybe AI will cut down um, costs and give you cost savings and bring down prices overall Mm-mm. or how medical advances will just bring down the cost of medical treatments. That's so that, that kind of thing. The advance in technology will bring down prices for many things. So that's been her argument for quite some time and that's why she's been so bullish in these technology plays. And you also have to ask, you know, do they have um, vested interests when they come up with these statements? So that's the latest on the inflationary 
debate. Inflation and price pressures, the debate rages on. Here in Singapore, we may have a winner in the race to become the Singapore Exchange's first SPAC, those blank check special purpose acquisition companies that recently received the green light from SGX to list here. Now, it's not a done deal yet, but we do have news that a European asset manager has submitted an IPO application for a SPAC. Who is it? Okay, so it's on the front page of the Business Times and it's right up there. It's called Takahau Capital. So this could be the first SPAC listing if things go through for the SJX and for itself. So $200 million SPAC IPO. So still in discussions. Um, This is also a placeholder figure, so it might not be $200 It could change um, down the road if plans... You know, required to either raise more funds or also and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that's the indication we have. It could be coming up in the next few weeks where we get more details around the spec submission. Right now, it's um, uh, being studied. 200 million SPAC IPO. We'll keep our eyes out on that application from Taikao Capital. Time now for more corporate news and a time of up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. All right, here we go. We're starting the game off with Visa. Okay, Visa. It's going to be an up for me because they are seeing booming profits, at least on the back of travel and online spending. Yeah, consumers are spending more and Visa's benefiting. Visa's profits up and coming in above expectations up for me as well. Next, let's look at the retail trading platform Robinhood. Robinhood's going to be one of those downs during this earnings season and Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a case of missed expectations. And this comes through with how they did not meet expectations on trading volume because crypto trading was lighter than expected. Seems like it was just not as strong as the early part of the, uh, the year and maybe people just distracted by other things these days. Definitely a down. Robinhood share price down more than 8% after the trading platform's results disappointed investors. Next, let's look look at Pfizer. Okay, Pfizer is going to be an up for me because its COVID vaccine has received FDA panel backing for younger kids. So these are kids between 5 to 11 years old. So you are looking at maybe more business for Pfizer. And my final entry, the Squid Game creator, Huang Dong-hyuk. Okay, this is one of those up or downs, depends on how you look at it. I I would say it's down (laughs) because he missed out on the big payday because despite the popularity and success of Squid Game, Mm -hmm. he did not get a big payoff because his pay pretty much was fixed according to what he had to work with. So that's the story here. He's just basking in, I guess, praises and compliments. Uh, Well done. Maybe the the sequel might have a different contract, but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? He could get a contract for a second season and then maybe he'll have bargaining power to put in a big bonus clause. Uh, Squid Games creator Huang Dong-hyuk apparently not reaping the rewards of his show's epic success on Netflix. I still can't get into it. I tried it. Have you finished it? Or what part of it are you at now? Uh, I'm still midway. He's uh, returned his daughter home after their dismal... I think I was really put off by the first scene and the way he treated his mother. Well, not for everyone, but uh, Squid Game 2 is apparently in the works. I want to get into it the way the whole world is. Now, let's turn to Singapore now. We're 19 minutes into the local trading day. The STI finished flat at 32.04. How's the STI trading this morning? Yeah, let's take a quick look at the markets right now. And it's green slightly, 0.3%. 3,213, of course, coming 
think off the back of what happened on Wall Street, which was um, a positive handover with a um, new record for the Dow and S&P 500. So that seems to be translating into the morning action across Asia. And it's pretty much... A slightly more green than red right now for the STI. Mm-hmm. So right at the top, we've got Hong Kong Land, Genting, Maple Tree Industrial Trust and Samcorp Industries. And at the bottom, let's take a quick check-in with um, the stocks in the red. City Dev leading the drop and that's down around 0.9%. And Comfort Delgro also not too far behind, followed by Capital DC REIT, Venture Corp, and ST Engineering. So those are some of the stocks worth watching today. Asia-Pacific stocks trending lower this morning. We'll keep an eye out on um, the fallout of inflation figures as well released this morning over in Sydney. Coming up, I'm going to share with you a little bit more about a 36-year-old multi-millionaire's advice for us. Other startups. He became a multimillionaire after he sold his internet hosting services site Vodian. So he's got a few. He's got some great ideas when it comes to search engine optimization. What do you need to do to make sure that your company comes up tops in a search? And beyond that, he's really passionate about building brands and helping entrepreneurs do that. We're going to pick the brains of Alvin Pohl. It's coming up at ten o five in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.